Tucker to Twitter, phones in classrooms, what we can learn from the Madison Brooks rape case, and a whole lot more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 233 of the Random Thoughts podcast that is spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and there is a lot going on in the world as there always seems to be lately. But one of the big stories out of the media landscape, of course, is Tucker Carlson. And I call this one. People said I was crazy. Although there are multiple reasons for this, I believe. But Tucker Carlson, from a video that he posted yesterday, appears to be bringing his show in whatever format that will be in to Twitter, not to CNN, not to Newsmax, not to one of these other stations, but to Twitter, which gives him the ability to be pretty much completely independent. And this isn't a surprise to me because I think there is also going to be some legal wrangling going on between Tucker Carlson and Fox News when it comes to the state of the contract that he had with them. Because the contract that he had with Fox, and this is interesting to me, because it appears that Fox News, more than wanting to get rid of Tucker, they wanted Tucker not to be around, not to be the man with influence that he has been over the last few years since he took over the spot on Fox from Bill O'Reilly. They didn't want that kind of influence because they were afraid that Tucker Carlson maybe would get Donald Trump elected. They were afraid that maybe Tucker Carlson had so much sway that he would be able to adjust what goes on in the presidential election. And with his current contract with Fox, I mean, they fired him, but there's still a contract, would have gone through January of 2025. And most of the time, when you're in the media, and it happens in other jobs as well, quite often, if you're really good at what you do, when you're signing a contract with somebody, there will be what they call a non-compete clause, which would basically say things like, hey, you know, if you quit or you get fired, I suppose, I mean, again, contract, but if you quit, usually then you can't go and work for a competitor for X amount of time. So I have no doubt there was a non-compete clause in the contract that Tucker Carlson signed. But let's remember the contract he originally signed. I don't know when this would have been updated. And I'm not sure anything would have been changed even in a contract that was updated. More like a renewal. So they may have not touched the verbiage at all. But eight years ago, 
the ability to take your show on the road to someplace like Twitter was not that commonplace as it is now. YouTube maybe was coming around about that point eight years ago, but was not the behemoth that it is today. And Twitter now brings a completely new wrinkle to all of this because Elon Musk appears to be courting people like me and Tucker Carlson. I mean, yeah, I'll put me and Tucker Carlson in the same breath. Why not? We both provide content. We're both looking for an audience. We're both trying to monetize the content with said audience. And Elon is offering up something very interesting. And he said, when he said to, uh, in a tweet to Tucker Carlson, hey, right here, come on over. I knew things were going to get interesting. When Tucker Carlson, the day after, I believe it was, he was released from Fox News, released another one of these two or three minute videos, giving a little bit of an update. Way more millions of views than his program would have gotten on Fox News. Which said to me immediately, this was maybe a test to see. And it's like, well, wait, the audience is here. The audience will follow me here. And the beauty of all of this, Twitter not really considered competing because Twitter is just social media. Twitter is not a news network, believe it or not. Twitter is there for anybody to go in and do whatever they want on. This is not a journalistic outfit. This is not news media. This was not something that the terms of the contract would have kept him from doing, which means Tucker might have found the Twitter loophole that he's able to do whatever he wants while still fighting to get his money. Fox owes him, from the reports that I've read, $20 million a year. So he could be still collecting that Fox check while putting his show out on Twitter building a huge audience and at some point he can also transform that into a paid subscription much like bill o'reilly has done the interesting thing with posting it on twitter is that unlike youtube twitter is saying we're not going to charge you a percentage if you want to charge we will help you We will set up the middleman, and that's probably where the money's going to come in for the Twitter folks. Because let's remember, Elon Musk was one of the guys, or the guy, that started PayPal back in the day. So they'll probably take a percentage on the overall transaction, but they're not going to take any money from what comes in. So if Tucker Carlson decides he wants to charge $10 a month for whatever content he's going to offer, Behind the paywall on Twitter, Elon Musk says you're going to get to keep that $10. Of course, there probably will be a small fee here, but places like YouTube charge 30, 40, 50% when somebody monetizes. So Elon is trying to make this a very welcoming place for people to come and post their content, be able to have an immediate audience. Because over on Twitter, I'm not a superstar, but I think I have over 3,000 people following me on Twitter now, which is more people than subscribe to the podcast. 
So this could immediately help get content in front of people. Most people are on Twitter as it is, as sad as that is, because social media is bad for a lot of things. But for distributing audio and video content, it's not the same exactly as podcasting because there's no RSS feed and we can have that semantics debate all day long. The reality is that Twitter has the ability to get content to people, whatever that content may be, whether it's the text that they grew up on or now the audio and video content, where if you're a Twitter subscriber, you can post 1080p videos, you can post long form audio, and you can post it right on their system. So you don't need another host for that. I mean, granted, you probably still want to spread that content around to different hosts in order for people that aren't on Twitter to get it. But the bottom line is, I believe that Twitter is making a play here. And Tucker Carlson, by jumping on board, is going to immediately legitimize this. Tucker Carlson's audience, from what I understand, is right up there with Joe Rogan's audience. Tucker had just been doing this for a major network rather than on his own. But this might immediately put Tucker to the top of that list of the most downloaded, most listened to podcaster. It's going to be interesting to see, especially if he's going to do this somewhat exclusively on Twitter. It's going to be an interesting pivot for that particular social media. And Elon Musk might end up being the guy laughing all the way to the bank on this one. But we're going to have to wait to see on that. Also in the social media sphere, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, just signed a bill yesterday, which I can't believe this isn't already a rule in schools, but DeSantis signed the bill creating a teacher's bill of rights, and it also imposes an eight-year term on school board members, probably a good idea. The bill prohibits the use of TikTok on devices owned by the school districts and through internet access provided by the districts, which not going to work because kids understand how to get to a VPN. So you can say you're blocking it on devices and you can block it in a router. Maybe some parents know this, some don't. On your router at home, if your kids are on the Wi-Fi, You could very easily block TikTok or Twitter or any social media site that you want. Now, when your kids realize they can install a VPN on their device and then bypass all of that, the whole concept of blocking it doesn't work all that well. But part of this was also to keep the phones out of the kids' hands during the school day while they're in class. And this, I don't even understand how this is happening. I don't understand how schools at this point, do they allow these students to have their cell phones out on their desk during class? Because if they do, they're absolutely insane. When I was in school, you couldn't even have one of those fancy calculators on your desk that you could put a few notes into. If you could have your cell phone on your desk, you could cheat at anything. If you can have your cell phone on your desk, you know, kids are just texting 
and on social media all day long when they should be, you know, listening to the teacher, participating in class. I don't understand. If schools are allowing children to have their phones in their hands, within their eyesight, while they're sitting in class, then they just have a bigger problem. And I understand why then that kids are getting dumber and dumber, why they don't understand the world around them, why the United States is absolutely failing when it comes to preparing children for the world that they're going to get into because they don't understand reality. I mean, then again, the United States, Joe Biden promoted Vice President Kamala Harris to be our AI czar because, you know, because Kamala's going to be able to handle something like artificial intelligence. I don't even think she has any intelligence at all. So maybe if somebody could install some artificial intelligence into Kamala Harris's brain, maybe they could clean up the word salad that normally comes out. Maybe that would be helpful. But Elon Musk lobbed a shot at Vice President Kamala Harris. That's at least how the New York Post put it, responding on Twitter to a headline from Breitbart that said that Kamala Harris had been named the White House's AI czar. And Elon Musk responded with, maybe someone who can fix their own Wi-Fi router wouldn't be too much to ask. But it is in today's world. It really is. Because people, again, don't understand the world around them. Children have horrible parents. The schools have failed them. And this is the end result. And speaking of kids whose parents completely let them down, there has been more information released about the death of Madison Brooks, the LSU student who was allegedly raped and then pushed out of the vehicle on a rainy January night where then she was struck by another car. And this, again, is a case where you have to be very careful when you talk about these things because people do not want to look at things logically anymore. You'll be accused of blaming the victim, and this is not blaming the victim, but it is looking at the circumstances around what happened here. And the girl's mother is all over the media with stories that are bothersome to me when you read them. Because the big thing out over the last couple of days was, oh, the mother reveals the last text that she got from her daughter and everything was great. And the text said that she was going to see her the next day. But she knew that this text was coming from her daughter, who then sent a photograph to the mother of this girl that died, along with the son of one of her mother's sorority sisters. But they were at a bar at 11.45 at night. And this girl is 19 years old, really shouldn't be in a bar at all. And I know a lot of people will be, well, that just happens, you know, it's always been the way it is. When people are in college, they're going to drink. Who cares about that law about being 21 to drink? And okay, that's fine. But you have to understand that putting yourself in a bad position, being out drinking 
in the middle of the night in a bar in a part of Louisiana, I guess, which is a very plagued by crime area. Maybe that isn't such a good idea, but did the mother, when getting a text from her daughter at 15 minutes to midnight, knowing she was in a bar, didn't say go home? No, didn't, didn't care, thought that was fine. But then we'll blame everybody else for what happens to her. And that's really the interesting thing about this case to me is who is held responsible, who has the responsibilities to do what in a variety of different cases. This girl's blood alcohol content was 0.319, almost four times the legal limit for driving. And it's at a point which is dangerous. No question about it. And as far as I can tell from the story, nobody is saying that she was drugged. It seems that she just drank herself into a stupor. From what I've read, the bar is closed now, which is probably makes sense because they were serving underage people without a problem. And then somebody's got to be held responsible. Sure. But the mother knew where her daughter was. Did she think she wasn't drinking? When she was at a bar at almost midnight, didn't care. So why should the bar be held responsible? Now, when you first heard this story, at least for me, there were a lot of questions like, well, how did she wind up in the car with four guys? And how did this all come to fruition? And there's been a couple little video blurbs that have been released by the defense for these four guys and it's interesting it adds context to it although the family and the attorney for the dead girl oh this is a low blow this is horrible i can't believe they would do this they are releasing video of what happened You have to take all these things into consideration before people are going to be tried for rape or any serious charge. I think if there is any kind of evidence, even if it makes the dead girl, the victim look bad, I want to see all of the evidence. I'm not saying that these guys didn't do what they're being accused of doing, but I think all of the evidence is very important. And when I originally heard the story, I figured, well, wow, this girl was really drunk. They took advantage of her. They dragged her into their car. But the video that was released, surveillance video from the bar, shows these four guys walking to their car and then running behind them, trying to catch up with them, was this girl. So that tells me that one This wasn't a case of where she was so drunk that they dragged her out of the bar or they helped her out of the bar into their car. No, that did not happen. And then they released a short video clip of the girl apologizing to somebody in the front seat, one of the guys who now, according to the story, again, don't know exactly what happened here, but did not want to partake in having sex with her while two of the other ones did, that she called him gay. 
That is the story that's being told. And this is the short little video clip that was released. Was her apologizing to him? She was still conscious. She was not crying. She was not upset. She was not saying, you just raped me. She was not saying, you guys just did anything to me. She's apologizing to one of them and saying, hey, just let me out. I'll just Uber on my own. And they do. They let her out. But she was so drunk, she ran into traffic and got hit. Now, to me, this opens up a whole lot of questions. Allegedly, they also have video of one of the guys asking her five times if she wants to consent to sexual activity where she says yes. And obviously, at a blood alcohol content of 0.319, she was in no condition to consent to anything. But these guys aren't experts. How do they know how drunk she is? When legally are they too drunk to say no? Because she was still speaking fairly well. I don't know what the rest of the video shows, but I've seen people a lot drunker than this girl was, or at least not able to articulate their words quite as well while drunk. And this just opens up a whole lot more questions of, well, somebody agreed to something. Well, how do I know? that they're not too drunk or they're not too high or they haven't been drugged. How do I know that their situation might not be what it appears to be? And this just opens up a whole lot more doors and a whole lot more questions. And to me, this goes right back down to the mother, knowing that her daughter is at a bar Closing in on midnight, 19 years old in a bad part of Louisiana. Maybe the mother didn't know where the bar was. Maybe that's rude to say. But she knew she was in a bar drinking. I'm guessing the mother knew that the daughter drank because, you know, in a bar. Then didn't really care. And the main thing the mother seemed to care about afterwards was, well, she left her phone at the bar and I knew that's how something was wrong because she would never go out on her own at three in the morning without her phone. Well, the video shows her chasing after these guys. So the phone and these guys have nothing to do with each other. And you knew where your daughter was, but you didn't say go home. Don't be drinking in a bar. Was she with friends? There's no mention of this in any of the stories on who she showed up at this bar with. Because if she had friends with her and they left her in that condition, they're also very much somebody that you should be looking at. But it is a horrible tragedy that this kind of stuff happens, but it's also kids being thrown out into the world without knowing that there are bad people in the world, that you don't just get into a car with four random guys that you don't know. Like, hey, give me a ride. How did you wind up without a ride at a bar at 3 a.m.? Why did you not call an Uber? I mean, I will blame the bartender in the bar for serving her. I'll also blame them for like, hey, how are you going to get home? Do you not have any friends? Why are you here and totally drunk off your behind? But there is a lot of blame to go around here. And one of the things that the defense says in this case, which the family took offense to, was that if this girl, after she got out of that car, was not hit and killed, none of these charges 
are happening because she consented and this was not a rape. And we will never know if that is true or not. But that last video of her leaving the car, I think a lot of people in a jury will look at that and go, well, she's apologizing to the other guy and she's asking to be let out and they let her out. So it wasn't like they were holding her against her will. It's going to be an interesting case to watch, but it is a cautionary tale. I think for both college age women, do not get drunk out in public. I mean, don't get drunk anywhere really to that point to where you cannot control yourself. If you're going to do something stupid, have a bunch of friends around. So hopefully you can protect each other. And if you're a guy, understand that no matter what you do, you're going to be accused of things that you might not be able to say, hey, wait, wait, wait. I have her right here on video consenting to all of this. Well, she was in no condition to consent. Well, how do you know? Don't get yourself into bad situations is really what it all comes down to because the world is a very screwed up and dangerous place the way that it sits right now. And technology is only making it worse because don't forget, we now have deep fakes. We now have the ability to take somebody's voice and make them sound like they're saying anything. I don't think that's the case here, but it wouldn't be hard to do to come up with evidence that's like, no, 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 she said it was fine. So the bottom line, again, do not let yourself get into these bad situations. Always have your guard up. Be vigilant. I read some reports on a Taylor Swift group on Facebook. Yeah, I follow some Taylor Swift groups that a lot of people were roofied at the Nashville concerts. And somebody that looked like they lived out in Nashville said, yeah, Nashville's had that problem for a while. So if you're down, if you're a girl going to Nashville, you're sitting at a bar, you got to be vigilant. You have to understand you're not safe anywhere. You're not safe in Disney World. You're not safe at a Taylor Swift concert. You're certainly not safe at a bar in a, some seedy neighborhood in Louisiana. You have to take some responsibility for yourself. And in this case, a parent that knew what the daughter was doing didn't give a crap until the daughter gets killed. And now, now she wants to pretend she's a good mother. And I know it's a horrible thing to say because I don't have enough facts on that. But this is the story that it appears that it's coming out. There's no question about it that the mother knew what the daughter was doing close to midnight in a bar and didn't have the parental intelligence to go uh, get home. How are you getting home? Don't be drinking too much. And the end result, unfortunately, a horrible tragedy that's going to play out on all sorts of different levels. And it could have been prevented. Did you know there's a new federal office, which is basically doing the whole disinformation thing that was squashed not that long ago? It's true. It opened up in September of 2022. And it is called the Foreign Malign Influence Center. And their mission is very much the same as the disinformation board. This from an article on justthenews.com, quote, Congress tasked the center with protecting political, military, economic, or other policies or activities of federal, state, and local governments, including elections, 
and domestic public opinion. It defines foreign malign influence as hostile efforts undertaken by, at the direction of, or on behalf of, or with the substantial support of Russia, Iran, North Korea, or China with the objective of influencing through overt or covert means elections or public opinions. FMIC's director, who was appointed by the DNI, can unilaterally add any foreign country to this list. End quote. This is just your disinformation governance board part two. And as uh, a few lawyers have pointed out, that's how it usually starts. And then you slowly start turning from all of those bad countries out there to, you know, people in the country here maybe saying something. And I don't understand. Again, this is all going after speech. This is going after ideas, which should be scary to anybody. But don't worry, Kamala Harris, she's in charge of AI. But of course, foreign countries are going to influence our elections in one way or another by saying just about anything. We do the same thing to other countries. That's a global economy now. How do you not understand that? There are cause and effect. Things that go on in other countries affect us. Things that go on in the United States affect other countries. You don't think what's going on in Russia and Ukraine are affecting other countries at this point? And this is just very scary when the government keeps putting in new organizations to do nothing but try to limit speech. To tr- They're so worried that people in this country, they may change their opinion. We're trying to make it illegal to covertly or overtly change opinion, which means if somebody in a foreign country that we say we don't like, or you know, maybe somebody questionable here that has the wrong genetic makeup, but if Vladimir Putin comes out and says something which could be proven to be 100% true and might sway some people in the United States to his side, well, no, they'll just squash that down. You can't do that. You can't overtly tell people the truth. They might change their opinion. Oh, my God. No, we can't have that. Always, always look at the people who are trying to stifle free speech because they're usually the ones that have the most to hide. I don't think that's any different in this case, but we'll see how this goes originally. That disinformation board idea was squashed, but now, now we'll just say it's all to monitor those bad Russians and those bad Chinese people and those bad Iranians. That's what it's all for. When's the last time a government agency didn't spy on the citizens of the United States, huh? I want to know. But before we start sounding here on the Random Thoughts podcast, like complete conspiracy theory nuts, we will call this one a show and tell you that it is a value for value podcast, which relies on your support to keep the lights on, the microphone sounding good, the web hosting humming and all that other stuff. We put these shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to decide if you've gotten any value out of them whatsoever. And if so, you can go over to randomthoughts.com slash donate and put a number on it. Was the value worth a coffee? Was the value worth a vinyl record? Was the value worth a brand new Mercedes? It's up to you. You put a number on that and get it to the show and everything just kind of works out. You can do that in a variety of ways. You can click that donate button 
and that will do a PayPal one-time or monthly donation. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. If you're on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts. And if you're in the podcasting 2.0 ecosystem, and if not, go over to newpodcastapps.com and get some more information. But you can boost us, send us some boostagram messages, whatever you want to do. And today, that's where our buddy Dale Jr. comes in with two boostagrams, each for 20,000 Satoshis, which sounds like a lot. And it is in Satoshi world. And the fiat fund coupons or American currency. That's about 1125 as we speak. And it is greatly appreciated. Dale Jr. And here's what he had to say. The first boostergram. This is for the record store day episode. Forgot to boost it. Thanks for the info on the players. I have recently started picking up some old vinyl and I don't want to destroy them with a junk player. Oh, that is absolutely true. There are a lot of bad record players out there. Turntables. You have to understand how they work. You have to understand the tracking force. You have to understand how long those needles will actually last. And on the cheap tables, the needles, which are usually made out of Ruby or something like that, only last like 30 or 40 records, which is not a lot. So be aware. And then the second boostergram said the last time the writers went on strike was when we were blessed with the reality show curse. Wonder what will get dumped on us this time. Probably a lot more like YouTube videos is where they're going to go with it. But I forgot, that's right. A lot of reality shows came out because like, well, we don't really need real writers. We could just record a bunch of people, make it up on the fly and edit it into something kind of looking like a television show. And that is exactly what happened. But thank you, Dale Jr. for helping support the Random Thoughts podcast through the Boostergrams. It is very much appreciated. And everybody should be more like Dale Jr. Go to randomthoughts.com slash donate. I need the dental fund to work its way back up. Went to get my cleaning yesterday and of course finally got a full set of x-rays and after the hygienist did the cleaning, the dentist came in. He's like, hey, yeah, I looked at your x-rays. You were right. That root canal that you had done by the other dentist. He's like, see here, the infection is starting to come back. So the root canal is going to need a redo. How great is that? They have a root canal last year in September, and it was done so poorly that now I need an endodontist to go in and clean it out and redo it again. So always, if you have a good dentist, thank your lucky stars because they're getting harder and harder to find a good dentist, a good doctor. That's what you need. But if you want to help support the dental fund, of course, send in the 230 donation. I made that joke with Adam Curry over on No Agenda. But it's very much appreciated, whether it's $2.30 from everybody, whether it's $230 or, hey, you know, if Elon Musk is listening out there, then uh, you can go even higher than that. I'll give you permission to do so. With that said, I plan on being back with another episode of the Random Thoughts podcast next week on Wednesday. Hope you can join me. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.